Hey there, this is Anne Garden with episode 75 of the Unveiled Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Have you ever thought about what you would choose if you could customize the perfect husband? What would he be like? Would he be handsome? Would he be tall or just the same height as you? Would he be muscular, intelligent, always cleans up after himself, listens to every word you say, never forgets anything, brings you gifts and flowers, gives back rubs, makes plenty of money, loves your hobbies, helps with the housework, wonderful father, doesn't snore, and never embarrasses you, reads his Bible every day, loves God, loves his family, loves people, can fix anything, and never ever says the wrong thing. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's a pretty tall order. But I wonder what my husband's list would be like if he was customizing a wife. I I don't want to speculate on that because it might just discourage us. But I'm guessing it would probably be as impossible to meet as our lists are. None of those things that I listed were bad or wrong. It's just hard to find all of that in one person. And if we did, all the men would kind of be the same, right? And how would we ever choose one for us? I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I love it. It's called The Matchbreaker. And I think I've mentioned it before, but one of the storylines in the movie is this guy that has been totally in love with this girl since he was eight years old and fantasized that she's just the perfect girl for him. She moved away when he was a little older than that, and he's never seen her since, but he just can't fall in love with anyone else because she was the perfect match for him. Well, she actually comes back into his life and he can't believe his luck. And then he realizes pretty quickly as he's getting to know her that she is not perfect. She's very messy. She cracks her knuckles. She chews ice. She likes vampire movies, among other things that he just really doesn't like. And his vision of this perfect girl is shattered. And after a while, all he can see are the imperfections. But thankfully, his sister and friend help him see He's focusing on the wrong things, only the negative. But how often do we do that? You know, we married our husbands because of all the things we loved about them. And then the not as lovable things begin to bug us. And then after a while, if we're not careful, we can begin focusing only on the negatives or mostly on the negatives. But here's the real danger. If we focus mostly on the negative, then we can get fixated on trying to change all of those items and seeking to mold our husbands into the perfect guy. I know we would probably never admit that if I asked you, you know, do you want your husband to be perfect? You'd say no, because I know that they can't be perfect. But if we're really honest, are we trying to make them more perfect or closer to perfect or what we want them to be? Do we think our life would be better if we could just change those things that really bug us? But is that realistic? Now, that's not to say you haven't been truly, genuinely hurt by your husband. At some point, I'm sure you have. And I can almost guarantee that at some point or other, we have genuinely hurt our husbands as well, even if it was unintentional. But many of the things that we dislike about our spouses are simply their personalities or preferences that we have that's different than theirs, things that we can't change. And because we can't change them, we can't control them, That's part of our frustration. So we have a choice. We can try to fix them. We can try to change them. We can correct them constantly and remain frustrated. 
or we can choose to accept who they are and what they do. We can take the good with the not as good. We can also ask God to help us see the positive things about that, those things that drive us crazy, okay? God may be able to change us. Like, okay, they're really frugal, but at least we're not going hungry. Now, this doesn't mean that your husband doesn't need to listen to your desires or meet you in the middle on issues, no. Because I believe it's always good to seek a win-win-win on any contentious issues that you have. But what it does mean, as my husband likes to say, is you married the whole package. Okay, you marry, may have married a man who is highly romantic, but he also spends money impulsively. You may have married a man that was very sensitive and understanding, but he's also kind of insane about order and tidiness in his life. <clears throat> it's both and, not either or. The things that cause us friction can be worked to, through together as a team, but you got to start from a place of, I understand this is your natural bent. I understand this is how you're wired up and that will alleviate a lot of frustration on both sides. There are some things you'll find you just have to let them go and choose not to be frustrated by it. Also, sometimes things that we want from our spouse, we want them to do, we have to understand it may just not be as important to them as it is to us. You can ask them to do it and they say they'll remember and they try, but then they just don't after a while, they forget and they're just not getting on board it's probably because it's just not as important to them as it is to you. I don't know if that makes sense. I'll give you an example. I really like having the sink be clean, but no one else in my house really finds that very important to them. So I spend a lot of time cleaning my sink. Why? Because it's important to me. But I don't have to get mad every time I see a dirty sink. I mean, sometimes I do get a little irritated, but then I let it go and I clean the sink. And it won't help my relationship with my husband or my children if I'm continually harping on dirty sinks and complaining about it. So yes, we can mention these things occasionally and they will try, but you know, leave it at that if it's just not important to them. What about the things that your spouse finds important? We can be irritated that it's important to them if it isn't to us, or we can try to find a way to honor those things and try to remember. If he likes his sock drawer neat, we can put away his socks neatly and bless him in that way. Doesn't mean you have to keep your sock drawer neat though, okay? That's why we have separate sock drawers. We can find ways to accept who they are and try to work with it or around it. And again, we're gonna forget sometimes too to put the socks away neatly. But there are bigger issues that you're gonna have to work through together as a team, okay? You don't have to let everything go. But again, approaching it from this is who they are, this is how they think, you'll be more respectful than if you're approaching it condemning. You're a slob. I can't stand the way you do. It drives me nuts when, okay? And demanding that they change. That's not going to be productive. So the bottom line is you married the whole package, except the whole package. You don't get to customize your spouse. Learn to be grateful for who they are and content with what you have and save those discussions for the big things and approach them respectfully. And most of all, realize that no one is perfect. Romans 3.23 makes that clear, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So some of it is sin and some of it is just how we're made. But that includes us and our husbands. We're not perfect either. I love the Bible's advice though. 1 Peter 4.8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
the old saying, love is blind. Sometimes that's helpful. Starting from a place of deep love and respect for our husbands will cover over some of those sins or even things that aren't sins that are just mild irritations. If we start from a place though of self-pity or hurt or hatred, it's going to stir up conflict and separation. So where's your starting point? 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 13 gives similar advice. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. That's what accepting the whole package looks like. It's bearing with one another in love. It's forgiving your grievances against each other because God has forgiven us. It's putting on love to bind us together in unity because unity is the key to a good marriage. So this week, when you are tempted to be irritated by your spouse or correct him or try to change him or even complain to your girlfriend about your husband, stop and think, I married the whole package. I will accept the good with the not as good. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I have a sneaking suspicion that even if I had custom made my husband, I'd probably still find something to complain about. After all, no one is perfect and no marriage is perfect. So we can choose contentment as often as possible. It's up to us. Okay, and if we're struggling with that, we can ask God to help because he wants us to be content. I'll close with this quote from author J. Grant Howard Jr. He says, we have a picture of the perfect partner, but we marry an imperfect person. Then we have two options, tear up the picture and accept the person or tear up the person and accept the picture. I love that. So go enjoy the package that you chose. I'm so glad my husband doesn't get mad at me every time I leave the drawers or the cabinet doors open. <laughs> so if this was helpful, please leave me a comment. I'd love to hear from you and share this video with someone else. Have a great week. Go in peace and joy.